Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Psalm 69, and I don't have it on the screen, but I did it in the last two weeks, that he loved God so much that there was a zeal for God's house that consumed him. And I just want to say today that if we really love God, that we'll love God's house, and not only love God's house, but we'll love God's people. Love God's people. I I gave a little example. I guess it resonated with some people because people keep teasing me about it. And I love that. I'm all up for it. I tease myself. I like to make fun of myself. So maybe it was a silly example. I don't know why it resonated with you, but sometimes silly examples resonate, right? So I said, you know what? If you came up to me after church and you said, hey, uh, Pastor Ryan, we love you, but we really don't like your wife. It would, it would hurt me. Like, we might have a little problem there. Like, I'm not going to fight or anything, but like, it, you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, I don't know if you really love, right? If you said, I love you, but I don't love your wife, it's kind of like, do you really love me then? I don't know. That kind of hurt, you know, a little bit, stung. Uh, and I think that that's how it is when people say they love God, but they don't love the church. Because Jesus said that the church is his bride and he died for the church. And he's coming back for us. So I love God. I love God's house. And I love God's people. How many say amen to that this morning? I really do. I love God's people. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I want to say thank you to the usher team, uh, the uh, music team, the usher team too. I saw them bouncing around back there. Thank you to everybody uh, that uh, makes everything happen each and every week. I want to go to a familiar passage. I'm going to go to Luke 15 this morning. And... um, I'm going to warn you that I'm going to preach short. Is that okay? So uh, Pastor Santos is usually on this chair right here, and he always tells me to preach longer and keep preaching. He's not here today, so that, that means it's not going to be that long. Somebody said amen. Luke 15, it's a familiar portion of Scripture. It's probably my favorite. Uh, if I'm allowed to pick a favorite, I know the Bible says that it's all uh, uh, able to build us up to reprove us and those things but I love this can I just say that I love this story that Jesus gave in Luke 15 and so I want to say too um, we have uh, on our website mypromisechurch.com slash life groups you can sh- shop them sign up for all of them um, I really thought that our new website was going to go live this week <clears throat> some of it was my fault some of it was the web guy's fault he's not here today so I'm going to put it all on him but I think that uh, I think that we'll be up and going maybe Monday. Um, but either way, it's still functional. I'm just excited about our new site. Um, it's going to have a lot of functionality, and it'll be a blessing to us. Um, but you can go to mypromisechurch.com. The URL is not changing. I don't want to cause any confusion. Um, but the new site is beautiful and uh, very user-friendly. But you can go to that anytime on your phone, a tablet, um, anywhere, uh, anytime, and jump into a life group. I'm doing one on Friday nights. Um, It's the last Friday night of the month. And it's, um, uh, we just sit together, open the Bible together, 
It's a good time. I usually bring donuts and coffee and that kind of thing. Um, but there's a whole lot of life groups, and you'll find out about them afterward. I love that there's going to be an ice cream truck here. I love that there's going to be a drawing. So um, I'm excited about that. I might have to sign up for a bunch of life groups just to get entered into this drawing. And they gave me tickets, too, so I don't know how that works. Maybe I can just write my name on the ones that nobody takes from me. <clears throat> All right, let me read this, and uh, let's do this. Let me read it, and um, it says in verse 22, this is the, the story that Jesus tells. He says, but the Father, everybody said the Father, said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. I love that right there, that there was a calf that was set aside for the son to come home. They were particularly fattening up this one calf, just waiting on the son to come home. He said, kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate. Anybody that likes steak, say amen. So the father says, let's have a feast and celebrate. In verse 23, let's have a feast and celebrate. So the father says... Let's have a feast, let's eat, and let's celebrate. Let's everybody say, have a party. We're going to have a party. Uh, verse 24, for this son of mine was dead. Why are we having a party? Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Everybody said they had a party. We're going somewhere. I feel traction in the house. We have a reason to celebrate. The reason is your brother is home. That's why we're having this party. Verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he hears music and dancing. So the older brother could hear the party, but he didn't want to celebrate. Verse 26, he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. The servant now says, well, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound but the older brother everybody say the older brother became angry and he refused to go into the party so his father leaves the party goes out and pleads with him and he answers his father this is what the older brother says he says look all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders yet you gave me even yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You never even gave me a goat, and we're slaying a fatted calf for him. Verse 30, he says, but when this son of yours, notice he doesn't call him a brother. He says, the son of yours. Doesn't call him a brother. He says, this son of yours has squandered your property with riotous living, the King James says. You kill the fattened calf for him. Verse 31, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Verse 32, but we had to celebrate. Notice we have to celebrate. We have to have a party. Because uh, this brother of yours, notice now he's not saying my son, he's saying your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. The father said, we have to party. There's no choice. We have to celebrate because your brother is home. So the commandment of the Father is to celebrate your brother. And I want to tell somebody today that it's time for a party in the Father's house. Turn to somebody and say, it's a house party. 
turn to somebody else and say, it's a house party. It's a house party. Now, I promise you I'm not going to preach long, all right? You can be seated. Ushers, help me keep everybody seated and the movement in the back to a minimum. I know there's people that are setting stuff up back there, but try to keep people uh, uh, moving around to a minimum because I'm going to preach short and we're going to get outside. But somebody just told me that the ice cream truck wasn't getting here till noon, so we'll just take our time a little bit here, but I promise to go quick here. So this, this is the story, the prodigal son who was the younger brother. Everybody knows the prodigal is the younger. The older brother was the brother that uh, was, was angry, was upset. The younger brother comes home from wild living in the city. He comes home from wasting all of his father's inheritance, the one part that had been given with him. He comes home with this shame of insulting his father, comes home with this shame of embarrassing his father, comes home from, from working in the hog pen, and he comes home having wasted all of these years of his youth. The Bible says that at some point he came to himself. He came to his senses. And he said to himself, if I could just get back to my father's house, I know that the servants are living much better than I am out here in this pig pen. The Bible says he starts to make his way back to the father's house and he's rehearsing this speech. He's saying to himself, uh, he's saying, I'm just going to tell my father that, Dad, you don't have to take me back as a son. I'll just be a servant. I don't expect you to take me back as a son. But you know the story. The father sees him as he's journeying back from afar off. And the father takes off re- running from the porch and runs out halfway to meet him. He puts a robe on his back to cover up his shame. He puts shoes on his feet. He puts the ring on his hand to welcome him back into the family and to restore him as a son. And immediately he says, it's time to celebrate. It's time to have a party in my house. It's party time in the father's house. Go ahead and slay that fatted calf that we've been setting aside. Go on and fire up the wood grill and let's have a party in the house of God. My son is home. Crank up the band, crank up the music, because your brother is home, and we are going to celebrate in the house of God. And I just want to go ahead and stop right there and say, you know what? We can go ahead and celebrate in the house of God today. Everything doesn't have to be perfect in my life before I can go ahead and celebrate how good God has been to me. I can go ahead and have joy right now. I just want to tell somebody, you can smile right now. You can go ahead and remind each other that God has already won the victory. I don't know if anybody's ever read the back of this book, but the back of this book is already written. And it says that He's already won the victory. And all it is is I just have to be on the Lord's side, and then I'm on the winning side. And we ought to go ahead and hold to that. We ought to go ahead and celebrate that. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to that hope that we profess, because the one who promised us this is faithful. It says in verse 24, Let us consider how we can spur one another on, how we can encourage each other to love, how we can encourage each other to do good deeds. And then it says in verse 24, 
don't give up meeting together. I'll just say it this way today. Don't stop the party. Don't stop celebrating. Don't stop coming into the Father's house. Don't stop having a party and celebrating and encouraging one another and lifting each other up. It says, as some are in the habit of already doing, but love one another. Do good deeds to one another. Encourage one another. Have a party in the house of God. And do it all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. If you don't have anything else to celebrate today, just celebrate that the day of the Lord is coming and God is coming back for people that are ready for Him. And we might as well go ahead and start a party right now and just encourage one another. Keep on keeping on. Keep believing that God is coming back for us. Keep loving one another. Keep encouraging one another. Because we might as well go ahead and celebrate right here and right now because God has already won the victory. And I'm in the house of God and I have brothers in the house of God. I have sisters in the house of God. And not everything has to be all right in my life today. But I'll tell you, I've got salvation and Jesus is coming back for us. I'm together in the Father's house. If you were dead and now you're alive, that's reason enough to celebrate and say, I'm alive in the house of God. I wonder if anybody just give God a praise right there and be thankful that I was dead and now I'm alive. Feel it in the house. So all I want to do is just get that across and we're going to be done today. So somebody preach with me, all right? Here's what I want to show you. The older brother sees that his father is celebrating. And I want to go back to verse 28 of Luke 15. The older brother sees that his father is celebrating and he can hear the party. And I always thought it was amazing. Not only could he hear the music, the Bible said he could hear the dancing. Now, if you can hear the dancing, that is a big party, right? Uh, that's a pretty loud party. You're hearing people dancing. He hears the loud uh, voices. He hears the loud music. He hears the celebrating. He hears the shouting. He sees the fire on the grill that's cooking the steaks. And he hears the music and he hears the dancing. But verse 28, the Bible says that the older brother actually became angry and refused to go in. I want to look at three things out of this story today that I think will help us be a better brother and a better sister in the Father's house. First thing I want to show you today is that he perfected being a son, but he neglected being a brother. He was a good son, but how many know he was a bad brother? And it's connected. He had mastered the role of being a son. He was a good son. He was the firstborn son. He loved his father. He was faithful to his father. He labored for his father. He never left his father. But he failed in his role of being a good brother. And I think today it's possible for us to be a child of God, to know that we're a child of God, to love God, to serve God, to be faithful to God. And sometimes we think it's just me and God and I'm good. Me and Jesus got this thing going on and Jesus is just all right with me and, and I'm just all right with Jesus and Jesus is on the main line and I got Jesus and I got everything that I need. I was, I was at Publix this week and I was cashing out at the register and the fellow that was cashing me out, he was the cashier and he noticed I was wearing a Promise uh, Church t-shirt 
And he said, oh, that's cool. You're wearing like a, a, a God shirt. I was like, yeah, that's right. Sometimes I forget I'm wearing it. You know, I don't want to cut anybody off in traffic and then they see my shirt. Uh, I-4 is rough, you know, it's jungle out there. Uh, but, but I was, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I said, oh, yeah, you know, I said, come out sometime. We're in Longwood. We're right down the road. It's on Ronald Reagan, you know, and da-da-da. And um, he said, yeah, you know, uh, he says, I love God, but I just don't really go to church. And I said, well, why not? He said, I just, I just, I'm good. I'm just good with God. And I said, well, it's better to be good with God's people. And he said, yeah, okay, I never really thought of it that way. I don't know, maybe he'll come, I don't know. But you know what, I think that a lot of us are that way sometimes. That I'm good just being a son. I'm good just being a daughter. And we completely miss the Father's command that we're also to be a good brother. And we're also to be a good sister. And part of being a good son is being a good brother. And part of being a good daughter is being a good sister. And I don't want to miss out on the blessing of being a good brother and being a good sister. I think it's possible for us to come into the house of God and say, I love God. I love Jesus. And we shout and we dance and we say, oh, it's so good to love Jesus. And we walk out of here and we don't speak to a brother or a sister because they sat in our row or they took our parking spot or they didn't shake our hand three weeks ago. And we have it down being the sonship and the daughtership, but we miss out on being a brother and we miss out on being a sister. I want to tell somebody today, part of being a good son is being a good brother. I wonder if anybody believes that in the house today. Jesus to us is invisible, but our brother is visible. My love for God is directly associated with my love for my brother. The love for my heavenly father is directly connected to my love for my brother. The scripture said it this way in 1 John 4 and 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For Now that's strong, but don't get upset with me. That's in the Bible. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. God is invisible to us, but our brother and sister in the body of Christ is visible to us. And so if we say that we love God, but we don't love our brother, the Bible says we got it twisted somehow. Because part of being a son is being a brother. And part of being a daughter is being a sister. And so the Bible is saying you don't have Jesus on the main line if you don't love your brother. You don't have heaven on the hotline if you don't love your sister. Because you can't be a good son if you don't love your brother and you can't be a good sister if you don't a good daughter if you don't love your sister I'm trying to keep both the genders going on in here today you can't celebrate the father's house and master the art of the sonship and ignore the responsibility of brotherhood Jesus said it this way in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He said, therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, 
He said, leave the gift at the altar. Now some folks say, all right, fine, I'm just going to take my tithe and go home then. But I like that it says, no, leave it right there. Leave it right there. Just leave it right there and go and be reconciled with your brother and sister. Now that goes beyond a, 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 a monetary gift. Could be my worship. Could be my service in the house. It could be a monetary gift. I believe that's what he's saying. But it could. So if I come into this house and I'm doing the, oh, bless God. But I've got somebody that I've hurt, somebody that I've offended, somebody that I haven't forgiven. Jesus says, just go ahead and walk out of the back of the building. Go be reconciled to them and come bring that sacrifice of praise. Come bring that gift. Come bring that time. Come bring that. But here's the point. Part of being a good son is being a good brother. And part of being a good daughter is being a good sister. Jesus said when you bring that offering into the house of God, if you have a fence with somebody, leave it right there and go make things right. It's of supreme importance. It's of high priority that we make things right with our brother and sister before we bring that gift to the Lord. Because you can't be wrong with your brother and be right with your father. Go and make things right. You can't be right with your father if you're wrong with your sister or you're wrong with your brother but go make things right and then come back and give God a praise because your heart will be free your spirit will be free of offense your mind will be free of guilt and shame and unforgiveness and then you can come in and say Jesus is all right with me because I'm all right with my brother and my sister I wonder if anybody say amen right there amen you know, I, I, uh, I've always found it interesting that one of the criticisms of, against Jesus was that he ate with sinners. And he ate with tax collectors. And it was true. He even went into Zacchaeus' home. It was known to be a, a dishonest businessman that ripped off widows and single mothers and people who were down and out and just cheated them in different ways. Jesus, even his own disciples were blue-collar, hard-working men. They were men that were rough around the edges. Uh, they, at times, resorted to violence. They had tempers, uh, even used foul language at times. And Jesus forgave a woman that was caught in a terrible sin and told her to go and sin no more. Jesus never excused the sin but he did not disqualify them from his love. He didn't disqualify them from his house. He didn't excuse their sin, but he did not disqualify them from eating at the Lord's table. They knew that all of them were welcome at the table at supper time. And it didn't matter where they came from. It didn't matter who they were. But everybody had a place in the Father's house. And I want to be like Jesus today. There's nobody that is too important for me to eat with. And there's nobody of, of too least importance for me to eat with. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, where you came from, what language you speak. You are welcome at my table. I will eat with you. I will sup with you as a brother and a sister in the Lord. Everybody has a place at the Father's house and everybody has a place at the Father's table. Everybody has a place. 
And we have to love our brother for our relationship with our father to be right. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, we might as well get it right down here. Because in heaven, John said in Revelation 7 and 9, he said, I saw a great multitude that nobody could number. He said they've gathered from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and they're all standing before the throne. They're all standing before the Lamb of God. They're clothed in white and they're waving palm branches and they're all singing together as one great choir, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the one who is and is to come. I don't know about anybody else, but I might as well start loving my brother down here and loving my sister down here because we're all going to be in the same choir up there. So I might as well start loving you right here and now because I don't want it to be awkward up there. Somebody say amen to that. The older brother, he hated his younger brother, but he claimed he was right with the father. He had perfected being a son, but he neglected being a brother, and you can't be that way. The second thing is he's in the father's house, but he missed the father's heart. He's in the father's house, but he misunderstood the father's heart. You see it in verse 25 through 28. He, verse 25, he heard the music, he heard the dancing. Verse 26, he asked somebody, what's going on? Verse 27, that servant replied and said, your brother's come. Your father killed the fatted calf. We're celebrating, basically, because he's come back. He's safe and he's sound. Verse 28, he says, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So dad went out and pleaded with him. Verse 29, he has the audacity to say this to his father. He says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He's in the father's house, but he misunderstood the father's heart. He's his father's firstborn son. He never left his dad. He grew up in his dad's house. He worked for his father. He was raised by his father. He was to inherit a double portion of his father's estate as the older brother. But even though he was reared reared and raised in the father's house, he never understood the father's heart. And I think it's possible for us to maybe be in the father's house for so long that we just go through the motions and we go through the routine and we just clock in and we just clock out. Notice that it said the older brother was in the field working, probably doing the same routine that he did every day. And it's possible for us to be in the father's house and just go through the motions and just go through the routine and forget that the father loves our lost brothers and sisters just as much as he loves us. He was in the house, but he didn't understand the heart. He was in the father's house, close in proximity, but he wasn't close to the father's heart. We see it in that text. He was surprised. He was shocked. He was hurt. He was even offended that the father was happy that his brother came home. 
Now, I guess you just really don't understand a father's heart if you miss the fact and don't realize that dad's going to be happy when his son, who he thought was dead, comes home and he realizes, my son isn't dead but he's alive. And not only is he alive, but he's moving back home. You've really got to misunderstand the father's heart to not realize that the father is going to throw a party and rejoice that his son isn't dead, but that his son is alive and that his son has come home. And the Bible gives us this one little phrase many times that I want you to take home with you today as we get a hold of the father's heart. It says, Jesus, you ever seen this before? Jesus was moved with compassion. You ever seen that before? It says it a lot of times. Matthew 20 and verse 32, it says, Jesus stopped and he called them and he said, what do you want me to do for you? Verse 33, Lord, uh, they answered, we want our sight. They were blind. They needed to be healed. They needed their sight. Verse 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Leave that up. Jesus had compassion on them. They were blind physically. Jesus has compassion on people that need a physical healing. Also, the new covenant tells us that the enemy of our soul has blinded people. He has blinded their minds. He has blinded their eyes to the vices of the enemy, to what the enemy is doing in this world. I want to tell you that it is the heart of God for blinded eyes to be open. God is passionate about blinded eyes being open. He is passionate for people to come out of the world and be open to the truth of His Word and the truth of salvation. God is, compa- is passionate about that. I want to tell you today that the heart of God is to open blinded eyes. And if Jesus is passionate about eyes being open, I want to tell you today we ought to have the same heart to be passionate about the eyes being opened in this world. How many say amen to me that? I need somebody to help me preach this morning. I think everybody wants ice cream. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. said, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41, Then Jesus, here it is again. Say it with me. What was it? He was moved with compassion. He could have sat there, but there was such a compassion that was burning inside of him that he stretched out his hand to the leper and touched him and said, and and I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I want to tell somebody today that leprosy in the course in the Bible is always a type of sin. It wasn't content with just taking a portion of the body. It wanted more and more. It was an insatiable disease that ended in death. The book of Romans tells us when sin is full grown that it ends in death. But guess what? Just one touch from the master will cleanse of all sin can wash away all sin just one prayer just one moment of repentance 
just being baptized. It will wash away every sin. I want to tell somebody today that Jesus is passionate about the sinner being forgiven. The heart of God is to forgive sin. The heart of God is to set the captives free. The heart of God is to heal and to deliver from the disease of sin. That is the heart of God. In Mark chapter 6, it said Jesus, when He came out, He saw a great multitude. And I need some participation this morning. And Jesus, when He came out, He saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. If you didn't hear your neighbor, push him and say it one more time. He was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep that had no shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. I'll tell you, when Jesus looks out and he sees a lost and a dying world that are confused, mixed up, hurting, that have no direction, that have no church family, they have no flock that they belong to, they have no shepherd, the heart of God goes out to them and he wants to teach them many things. He wants to gather them up, he said, at another time like a a hen does the chicks. He wants to gather them up when we see lost people, when we see hurting people, when we see people that are down and out, when we see people that are poor, when we see people that are confused, when we see people that have no direction in life. We ought to have a heart for them and a passion for them. I want to tell you the heart of God is to gather those people that have no shepherd. And if we have the heart of the Father, we'll have a heart for people that are lost. I wonder if anybody feels that in the house today. The heart of God is to gather people who are lost and have no shepherd. Mark chapter 8 and verse 2, the Lord said, I have compassion on the multitude for they have continued with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. You know the rest of the story. He multiplied the fish and the loaves. The heart of God is to reach out to people that are poor, the people that are hungry, the people that the Bible says have no clothes, that they are in prison. The heart of God is going after people who are hurting and down and out and sharing the love of God with them and sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. If we have the heart of the Father, we will have compassion on the multitude because they don't have anything to eat and they don't have anything to wear and they don't have anything. The heart of God goes after people that are hungry and poor and down and out. And if we have the heart of God, our heart goes out to those people as well. How many say amen to that? Matthew 14, I got one more. When Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was for them and he healed their sick. The heart of God is to heal the sick. The heart of God is for those that are hurting. The heart of God is for those that are physically hurting, emotionally hurting, spiritually hurting. The heart of Jesus goes after people that are hurting. And the heart of us, if we have the heart of the Father, ought to reach out to people that need healing in their body, healing in their spirit, healing in their mind, healing in their soul. The heart of God is for everybody to be healed. I want if anybody say amen to that. 
The last one, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like, having she like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The heart of God is to reap the harvest, to reach out to people that are lost. And Jesus is just asking, I need a few more laborers. I need somebody that'll go out and love them. I need somebody that'll go out and feed them. I need somebody that'll go out and heal their hurting heart. I need somebody to go out and be a neighbor. I need somebody to give them a hug. I need somebody to encourage them. I need somebody to lift them up. I need, oh, I'm going to say it until somebody pre preaches with me. I need somebody to write them a card. I need somebody to put them on their prayer list. I need somebody to put an arm around their shoulder. I need somebody to weep with them. I need somebody that'll rejoice with them. I just need somebody that has the heart of the Father, if I have people that have my heart, there's a great harvest to be had. Somebody give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. So the older brother completely missed the father's heart, even though he was in the father's house. He said, I've served you all these years, but somewhere along the way, he forgot what it was all about. God, help me to never forget what it's all about. It's about Jesus. It's about His cross. It's about the good news of eternal life. It's about His blood. It's about salvation. It's about His name. It's about His spirit. It's about reaching out to people with the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves the blind. He loves the leper, the hungry, the sick, the poor, the lost, the down and out. And Jesus loves you right where you are today. I know that might not be any big revelation, but I just want to say it today. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves the down and out. He loves everybody. Jesus loves them. We ought to love them as well. Let's get a hold of God's heart and love God's people. I want to love God's people. I don't want to miss out on the Father's heart. God loves people. God loves people. Music come. I'm going to come to a close. I told you I wasn't going to preach too long. I'd have preached a lot shorter if I was getting somewhere. The last one, though, I want to tell you. I need somebody to be a praiser in the house this morning. I need somebody to be a praiser in the house this morning. This is the last one I want to tell you. The older brother actually forgot that he had something to celebrate. And I think it's possible that we can forget that we have something to celebrate. He forgot that he should have been up in that party just dancing and shouting and having a good old time in the father's house. He should have been the first one out on that dance floor. He should have been telling the music guy, turn it up. I want this a little louder because I've got something to celebrate. The father had to go out and remind him that he had something to celebrate. Verse 31, the father said, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. 
because not only are you the older brother, we don't know, maybe there was other brothers, but if there was two, I'll just tell you how the inheritance worked. Older brother got 66 and two-thirds. Younger brother got 33rd and a third, 33 and a third, because is my math okay? Somebody help me. My math good? 66 and two-thirds, 33 and a third, because he got a double portion of dad's estate as the older brother. But guess what? The younger brother already took his inheritance. So he's saying, son, everything I have is yours. You ought to have a smile on your face. You ought to be on the dance floor. You ought to be celebrating because you've always been with me and everything I have, someday it's going to be yours. Everything I have, son, is yours. He says, but we had to celebrate. This is what I want to tell you before we go out. We have to to celebrate your brother. You have to celebrate your brother. You have to celebrate your sister because this brother of yours, see, I love the father. I, I think I, I, I try not to read my own stuff in the text and I don't ever want to say something the text doesn't say, but I just feel like there's a little attitude in the father right there because he had just said this son of yours and now, is that all right? And now he says, no, 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 this brother of yours. I feel like there's a little attitude there. This son of mine, ho, ho, it's this brother of yours. Don't forget, he's your brother. You're not just my son, but you're his brother. And you're her sister. And don't forget that part of being a good son is being a good brother. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. Oh, you got to understand my heart, son. I thought my son was dead and now he's alive. I knew he was at least lost, but he's come home and he's found again. And we have to celebrate your brother. It's a commandment of the father that you have to celebrate your brother. You have to celebrate your sister. And the father reminds the son. He, that's all right, you can stay standing. The father reminds the son. He says, everything I have is yours. You have a great inheritance. Every cattle that you see is going to be yours. Every piece of grass you see is yours. The house is yours. The estate is yours. The business is yours. If you ever needed anything, everything I have is yours. You have a reason to celebrate. You have a reason to have joy. You have a reason to be having a party. But the servants, and catch this, this is, I got too excited. This is what I wanted to say. The servants were in the father's house partying who were heirs to nothing. And the brother was in the field pouting who was an heir to everything. Oh God, help us if we forget what God has done in our life when we look and see what God is doing in somebody else's life. If you have an inheritance, you ought to celebrate. If you have salvation, you ought to give God a praise. If you're in the Father's house today, you ought to have the joy of the Lord. And never forget that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And every now and then, it's all right to let yourself 
it's alright sometime in the Father's house to let it overcome you so much that you just give God a little jump. I remember it said that Jesus jumped one time because joy got a hold of him. It's alright to let yourself clap. It's alright to let yourself praise. It's alright to let yourself dance. It's alright to let your spirit soar and just say I'm thankful for everything that God has done in my life. And sometimes I think we're like that older brother and we stay out in the field and we stay with our hand to the plow and I've got to work and I, I got to put in the overtime and I got to pay the bills and I got to pay the mortgage and I got to pay the light bill. And bless God, we do have to do those things. But every once in a while, you can put your hand off the plow and come into the Father's house. I'll just say on the first day of the week and celebrate with God's people. But you can also jump into a group some other time through the week and come off of those things. Come off of work. Come off of planting flowers in your front yard. It don't matter at the end of the day. But part of being a good son is being a good brother. And part of being a good daughter is being a good sister. And every once in a while, we just ought to enjoy the Father's house. Every once in a while, we ought to enjoy the family of God. Because Jesus is throwing a party, and it's better than any party that this world has to offer. So my, my altar call today is that you will celebrate, that you will get happy, that you will smile, that you will laugh with your brothers and sisters, that you will eat some ice cream today, eat the fatted calf, and just have a party with God's people. It's a house party in the house of God. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend, and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.